what a joy to be here on Sunday morning. Amen? Not just for me, but for you. How many are glad to be here on Sunday morning? Let me see your hands. Yeah. Or cheer. That's all right. Hey, I, I love these times. I love getting to come and be in these special services. Congratulations, Crown Point. Yeah. <clears throat> this church has had a rich heritage and legacy. I know that we saw a little bit of the history there, and it's there's several different locations. It's always fun when a church has to change locations because they're growing and they're changing. You know, anytime you get stuck somewhere, you really can't move forward very well. But it's obvious from the history of this church, it's been willing to change, been willing to do whatever was necessary to make the transitions to reach its community. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Of course, Paseo, that name rings out. I don't know how many times this morning as I was greeting people, as I was meeting people. Oh, yes, I began to attend when it was at Paseo. And then that bold, crazy move that Pastor Newby made when you went from Central Assembly out on this property. And I could, I could hear as I was, Brother Newby, it's so good to have you here. Where are you? I know you're back there. God bless you. I love that man. I've known him for years. We served together on the presbytery before I became superintendent. And I, I care about him so much. He served for uh, almost a year, uh, about six, eight months as my assistant in that role of assistant superintendent. And I love and appreciate him. And I, I just, I could almost hear it in his voice. I don't know if you could or not, but, but as he was talking about, you know, we get this land and then it's like, oh, what have we just done, Right. You know, when it's looking in the rough and it's uh, the land looks rough and it's like, well, that could po- possibly be a place for a church, but it looks like uh, it's something else right now. And you could almost sense as he was talking about it, as the land began to be clear and, and the vision that was in the heart began to be more visual for everyone else. And as Pastor Dennis so artfully said it's not even about the building this is not the house of God this is the house of God but the people of God need a place to meet you need a place that is a something that's stuck down in the community a, a a point of reference to say this is where we gather come gather with us so thank you brother Newby for bringing this church here and today you celebrate 20 years. All through the years, this church has made, been made up of believers who have committed, given, and even sacrificed to keep the doors open. But it was more than just keeping the doors open. It was impacting your community for Christ. Thank you to those who've been faithful. Determined to see this church move, move forward. And, and that don't, not only includes those who have been around for decades, but those of you who have come in in just the last few years because that's the way a church grows. Because, excuse me, of a normal attrition of people going on to be with the Lord, a church has to grow by about 3% just to remain level. And I love seeing this congregation here and just believing with you for what God's going to do. You know, often a time, 
Oftentimes, a church that has been in existence for a number of years can begin to plateau, even stagnate. Vision and passion is gone without even realizing it. The congregation and even the leadership begin to just go through the motions without truly being a light to the community. But not so with Crown Point. Your greatest days are not behind you. They're in front of you. Let me say that again, just in case you missed it. Your greatest days are not behind you. They're in front of you. At times, my wife and I will walk into a church and the members are quick to reminisce about the good old days. Oh, if you could have been at our church back then. And I always get a little bit concerned when I hear that. But I rejoice when I encounter a church with, with excitement in their eyes. They tell me what they're getting ready to do. They share with me about upcoming events or projects or outreaches. We heard some of that in the announcements today. This is what we're getting ready to do. Sharing about persons who have recently come to the Lord. So we were sitting back in the green room during the video and watching part of it from back there. One of the things that blessed Pastor Luce's heart the most was not the building, was not the particular growth rate, but the number of people that you've seen baptized in the last two years. That blesses my heart. It's been my privilege to be personally acquainted with your pastor and staff. Here's what I know. They love God and they love people. They desire for this church to radically affect its community for Christ and their quality leaders. And God has brought the Luces and all of the staff here for such a time as this to move you forward. Here's one of the reasons that stay is so important. I often have opportunity to speak into the lives of ministers and older ministers and especially young ministers. And here's one of the things I stress to them. Whenever you follow someone, stand on their shoulders, not on their head. Because you'll always stand taller when you stand on their shoulders. And I really believe that the leadership of this church is doing their very best to stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before. It's not like we've got it figured out now, what happened to you? But instead, it's because of what you did for us in the past, we're able to move forward. We're able to stand taller because we're standing on your shoulders. When Pastor Dennis asked me to come, he said, please share about vision. I love that. You know, for years while I was pastoring, not only was I crazy enough to pastor, but I was crazy enough to drive a school bus. I not only drove a school bus during the day for school, but then every Wednesday night, I would drive about eight miles from Ash Grove to Everton to this little burg and pick up about 25, 30 kids and bring them back to the church on Wednesday nights. I, uh, people would get frustrated with me. Pastor, you shouldn't be driving the bus. I said, no, no, I, I need to drive the bus. Could I have gotten somebody else to drive it? Maybe, but it helped me to stay connected with the youth and the children. 
But let's go back to that crazy school bus driving, all right? Whenever I was driving a school bus, you would have that child. Well, no, there's normally a handful, but. And, and I would discover as I was driving the bus, I would, get, I would have a shudder that went through me when I realized that for a season, because of the behavior of a child, I had spent the majority of my time looking in that mirror right up here, keeping an eye on this child and not looking through the windshield. And a shudder would go through me because I'd realized, in a sense, I was putting all of us, all of the children at risk because I was not, I was driving okay, but I was not having my full attention on where we were going. When a church's memories are greater than its dreams, it's in deep weeds. But Crown Point Church is not driving this thing looking through the rearview mirror. You're looking through the windshield. Yes, during this weekend, celebrate the landmark of 20 years. You spend time remembering the moments of your past. No doubt as highlights blinked up on the screen, some of you had memories that flooded back as the longer rough cut video plays a little bit later on. That was not a statement that it was going to be rough, but just rough cut in that just pictures and videos. And so many of you will just want to watch it because you'll be looking for that loved one or that family member or the time that you'll remember that moment that was special in your life. Yes, take time to remember. Remembering the salvations that blessed my heart, watching child after child, an adult after child plunging in, adult after adult plunging into the tank, re, 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 symbolizing, I have given my life to Christ. This is a transformation and a change for me. I will never be the same again. So celebrate that. As you think back over the 20 years, and for some of you even more than that, that you've been part of this church, there are some moments of sorrow that you'll remember and some tragic moments, times of disappointment. Sometimes it was a very public, dark time when a prominent individual went through a crisis or even died. And other times it was a private matter from your own private dark days as your pastor walked with you. Oftentimes, the deepest relationships are formed through the most tragic circumstances. It's then when our hearts are open and when someone walks beside us and many times they don't even have to say anything. Heard about a gentleman who had lost his wife. He said, a gentleman came and visited me. He was my friend. And he talked and he talked and he talked. And I couldn't wait until he left. But another friend came and sat beside me and cried and said nothing. And I wish he wouldn't have had to leave. Your pastor, your pastoral staff walk with you through the times of rejoicing and through the times of weeping. And it's then those times that great bonds form. So take time to celebrate for the moment and then look ahead to what God's getting ready to do. You are getting ready. I'm going to say it again. I really believe it. You are getting ready to radically affect your community 
and your world for Christ. How many are ready for that? So let's go to the word for a minute. Many of you are familiar with the opening verse of Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. In this, two, this short verse, we find two paradoxes. That's not COVID. Substance of things hoped for. Now on the surface, that doesn't make sense. We hope for something that we do not yet have. So how can that be substance? Substance is defined as that of which a thing consists, physical matter or material. How can something have substance if we're still hoping for it? And then the evidence of things not seen. (laughs) Evidence proves or disproves something. It makes something plain or clear. How can there be evidence of things not seen? So in the natural, these statements make no sense at all. But in the supernatural, they make perfect sense. Paul gives us a little bit of a clue in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 when he says, that we're currently looking through a glass darkly in our limited sight and finite minds. There are things that we cannot understand or comprehend this side of heaven, but God fully comprehends it. We often ask for God, God for wisdom and rightfully so. We want wisdom to make the right decisions, to, to avoid catastrophes by foreseeing potential danger. <clears throat> In reality, wisdom is catching a glimpse of how God sees things. It's understanding to a degree the way that God wants things to be. In Hebrews chapter 11, the the writer will describe many illustrations of what faith is. Anecdotally, he goes step by step, person by person, to show us a clear picture and illustration of faith in action. But he starts with a definition. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I believe that we can exchange the word faith with the word vision. You see, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Vision is seeing things as if they already are before they are. The purest vision is not something that someone just comes up with and says, oh, wouldn't it be a really neat idea if we could, just like wisdom, It's catching a glimpse of how God sees things. Vision is seeing things the way God wants them to be and how he sees them as already done. As we're looking through a glass darkly, I heard one minister share, it's like we were watching the parade of all of history and we're looking through a knot hole in a fence. 
And all that we can see is what we can comprehend and see through that little knothole ourselves. But God is up above the fence and he is seeing everything from beginning to end. And so for us, vision is just catching a comprehension and an understanding of what God wants to do in us and through us to fulfill the vision that he has. Let me illustrate. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. That's really, really important right now. In the age that we live in and all that's going on of people saying, why are the Israelites even here? Why are the Jewish people, the Israelis, even on this land Go clear back to Abraham. And he went out not knowing where he was going. In his heart, Abraham sensed that God was moving him somewhere and he didn't even know where he was going. But he was compelled by God to go. And though Abraham didn't know where he was going, God did. And then when Abraham stood in the promised land, God showed him the land, but it was more than just dirt. God spoke to him and shared, look at the land through eyes of vision. This, all of this land belongs to somebody else right now, but this land will be the possession of your descendants. They will own this place. And so Abraham, though he never really fully got to understand that or he got to understand it he didn't get to experience it other than buying a grave site yet he knew at the time of his death that his descendants would live in the land now called Israel through vision God shows us how he wants things to be and our greatest happiness our greatest fulfillment in life will be attained when we are living his vision for us. It's crucial. I hope that before we get to the end in just a few moments, you can grab a hold of that. I'm hoping that God speaks something to your heart and life about vision that he has for you. Let's bring this home. God has vision for your church. You've not reached your zenith. You've only just begun to see the fulfillment of God's plan for Crown Point. And his vision is so much greater than buildings. It's transformed lives and families. God wants to use this church to impact your world. From what I can figure, the population of Lee's Summit is around 102,000. But people will consistently drive 20 minutes to attend church. I can only estimate without deep research, and some of you could help me more, that there's easily within within driving distance to this church 250,000 people. Easily. Oh, but there's so many churches. In the last census, when asked for their religious affiliation, in this area, in this county, 
when they were asked for their religious affiliation, 47% said none. I know that meant that some of them didn't want the government to know what they were doing. But in reality, we estimate probably 60% of the people that live within driving distance of this church are not actively involved in a church community. And if they're not actively involved with a church community, they probably don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, their eternal destiny is very grim. And our desire is to do our very best to depopulate the future of hell. So let's do the math for a minute. 60%. That's over 61,000 people in Lee's Summit proper. 150,000 people within driving distance who are virtually unreached. It has been said by some that we used to say that we were living in a post-Christian culture. Many are now saying we live in a pre-Christian culture. That we have a generation that is coming up right now that it's not that they walked away from the faith or they just didn't accept the faith of their fathers, but their fathers and their mothers had no faith. God wants to use you to show the love of God to them and see them brought into relationship with him. It's not that you have to do it. It's that you get to do it. Oh, there's a lot of other churches. Vicki and I had the privilege of staying at the same church for 25 years. I didn't know it was going to be there for 25 years. Rural community, about 12 to 1,400 people just outside of Springfield. My wife will tease me sometimes because of the fact she'll mention that whenever we went to Ash Grove, almost as soon as we got there, I said, "Hun, we'll be here a year or two and then we'll move on. 25 years later, but what happened? I could take you to the moment, to the instance that God began to plant vision in my heart to help me to realize that within 20 minutes to driving distance of Ash Grove, we were not just dealing with 12 to 14,000, 12 to 1400 people, but we were dealing with 12 to 15,000 people. And suddenly there were people that I knew that needed to be reached for Christ. And there were a lot of churches in the community and particularly in our latter years there, we were on a regular basis praying for our community. A lot of times on Wednesday night, and, and I can remember, I don't know how many times, praying toward the north, the south, and the east, and the west, and we would turn each direction and say, God, please bring them in here and send us out to them because they desperately need Jesus. And we would pray for the churches in our community because they were not our competitors, they were our partners. God bless Center Baptist Church. God bless Ashgrove Christian Church. God bless Ashgrove Baptist Church. But Lord, please give us part of the harvest. You see, you cannot determine whether God, you do not get to vote on whether God will build his church in Lee Summit or not. You only get to vote on whether you're going to be part of it. And God wants you to be part. He's got a part of the harvest for Lee's Summit. There are people that if Lee's Summit, Crown Point, do not reach them, they will not be in heaven. 
It's more than masses. It's that couple that's on the verge of divorce and God wants them to be saved and to save their marriage. It's that drug addict that's close to the point of crossing the point of no return. It's that teenager that just can't quite seem to figure out life and feels lonely and hopeless. Maybe even cutting, demonstrating by those very things of the pain that's going on inside. It may be that upward mobile couple that don't even realize they are as lost as courts. And Jesus wants to reach out through you to your community to let them know that there is hope. Each number is a person. So we say 150,000 who do not know Christ, but I want you to know that it's not just masses. It's people. God's plan and vision for this church. God is going to give vision to your pastor, to the leadership as to how you can be part of touching your community for Christ. And then together you'll be part as God moves this from vision to reality. As we kind of head to a close today, I want to mention also, I'm not quite done on the close. I love closing. That's why I do it several times when I preach. But there's another facet of this. Because God has vision for your life. Here's how amazing God is. At the same time he's giving vision and dream to your congregation as a whole, he's giving vision and dream to you and to your family. And somehow he intertwines all those together to create a masterpiece. God God created you for vision. He, He created you for victorious living. As you walk in obedience with him, he will bring it about. Before you were even born, God has a plan for you. I'm not even going to take time, I don't think, to read all of this. Or maybe I should. Psalm 139, because this is about you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I could go on all the way through, but jump to that second slide. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me. I want you to know that before you were even born, before you were even conceived, God had a plan and a vision for your life. And your greatest joy and fulfillment is going to be in fulfilling that. Your best life is not to create your own dream. Your best life is to find out the vision God has for you. And then allow him to fulfill it through you. When our youngest daughter was four years old, her name is Brittany. When she was four years old, she went with me. She rode shotgun. I was pastoring at the time at Ashgrove. And we went to see someone in the hospital. And she was along for the ride with dad that day. But when we got to the hospital at Cox North, that'll date it a little bit. But anyway, when we got there, we realized that the person who I was going to see was in the psych ward. So I could not take her into the psych ward. But there was a lady there by the name of Louise Ho. 
Her and her husband, Melvin, had been missionaries for years. They were back in the States on leave, on furlough, and Louise was working at the hospital while they were on leave. And she said, Pastor Don, I'll watch Brittany for you. You go on in and visit the patient and I'll keep her with you. I had absolutely no idea. We walked out that day. I thanked her for watching my daughter. I don't know all that she said, but somewhere along the line, she told Brittany some of her story. And if she was even at four years old, Brittany was able to grasp it enough that from that moment on, Brittany said, when I grow up, I'm going to be a doctor. And what I make in my private practice in the United States, I'm going to do medical missions work and I'm going to play the violin. Okay. For 24 years, Brittany held on to that dream through hard times and good, through paddles and struggle. And in June of this year, please, if you'll throw the slide up, Dr. Brittany Wilson received her degree. For 24 years, she held on to the dream through years and years of school, never giving up. 10 years beyond high school. She's now doing a a general surgery, five-year residency in KU Wichita. But it all began when God planted vision in her heart. Young people, you're not going to all be doctors. God has a plan for you. Adults, well, you know, maybe if I'd have known this when I was a kid, I want you to do something really quickly. Just stick your hand up in front of you like this and blow. How many of you felt air come out? Let me see your hands. If you ever do that and you don't feel air come out, tap somebody on the shoulder, okay. But as long as you still feel air coming out, God has a plan for your life. He has vision for you. The discovery of vision is no more than allowing God to open our spiritual and physical eyes for the things he has planned for us. I can hardly wait to see what God, what else God wants to do through Crown Point. How exciting it is to think of what God wants to do in and through your personal life as well. So today celebrate and then believe God to birth in your heart vision that is impossible to see come to fulfillment without divine intervention. Did you get that? When you have God's vision, you will not be able to do it on your own. It will require divine intervention for it to come to full fulfillment. I'd like you to bow your heads with me for just a moment, if you would, please. Please pardon my voice this morning. I don't know you. I've met a few of you but I don't know you well. And that's a disadvantage, but it's also an advantage because I don't know if you've been in this church for 50 years or if you walked in first time today. But this I know, 
that there's a high possibility that there are people in this room right now. You can say, I don't know how in the world God could have vision for me. I don't even have relationship with him. And if that's you, God wants to change that because his greatest vision for you is not how he can use you. His greatest vision for you is spending eternity with you in his presence. So if you're here this morning, you'd say, Pastor Don, I, I'm not in right relationship with God, but I'd really like to leave here in right relationship. God began to stir you not with condemnation, maybe some conviction, But more than that, you begin to catch that he has more for you in life than what you're experiencing right now. You say, I want some of that. I need to figure that out. Well, your first step is going to be in relationship with Christ. So if you're here today, you'd say, I'm not right with God, but I'd like to get right. Can I see your hand anywhere across this building right now? Anyone, anywhere? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? There's two calls today specifically. This is for salvation. If you're here and you need to make things right with God, I'm just going to ask you to come over to this side of the platform and plan to find a place to kneel. And somebody's going to kneel with you and pray with you. If that's you, if you need to get things right with God, I just encourage you to step out right now. Find a place to kneel. You won't be there long by yourself. Somebody will come join you. Anybody, anywhere, you ready to make that step? Blessed Jesus. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else? Somebody will pray with you right there. Thank you, God. The angels in heaven rejoice over a sinner coming to repentance. Why don't you take a moment to celebrate? This next call might seem vague, but if it's for you, it probably isn't. Because though the message was for everybody in the room today, there's a handful of people, you may be 15 or 75. But as I spoke today, the Holy Spirit began to stir something up in your heart. You begin to grab a hold of, maybe God's got something bigger for me than what I could have imagined. Because see, it's not just a handful. God's got vision for everybody. But today, God has spoken to a few of you to say, wow, I want that. I want to find out what it is. Maybe it's been vision that you had at some point, but you've about given up on it, and you're almost a little ticked at me right now because God stirred it back up inside of you. Or maybe for the very first time, you've realized God's got a plan for me beyond just salvation. It may be only two or three. I don't know. But you'd say, you know what? I just want to say yes to God's call and to the vision that he has for my life. I want to ask you to make a hard thing. Because if you're going to make it, I'm going to tell you what. I walked, my, my wife and I walked through some of the tough times with Brittany. In the moments when she was crying out to God, God, I don't understand. Why did this not work? Why did that not work? Why is this so hard? It was only about a year or so ago that she spoke to us. Well, she spoke to us all along, but when she said to us, now I understand why I had to go through the hard times because it prepared me. It prepared me for what God wanted to do in my life. 
And so I'm going to ask a hard thing of you in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to kind of step out in front of everybody. But there's purpose in that because it's going to begin one of the hard steps to say yes to what God wants to do in you. And I don't, it's not like I feel this emotional moment. I just sense that I need to say to you, there's one or two or six or 10 of you that need to step out today and say, God, whatever it takes, I want to see your vision fulfilled in my life. If that's you, just come stand in the front right now, right now, right now. I'm going to wait just a moment. What I love about this is I'm not the one that has to convince. I present the word of God, but as I do, God calls. He's calling some young people right now. He's calling you to make a hard step today. The adults are leading the way. Why is this important? It's important to make that first step in saying, God, yes. Yes, Lord, pour your vision in my heart. I just want to be used fully of what you want to do in, in my life. going to wait just a moment more because there's one or two that others that ought to be up here. And this is a moment. This is an important moment. Jesus. Jesus, are you ready to say yes to whatever God has for you? Are you ready to say yes for whatever God has for you? Your best life is yes to him. Sometimes we get in a hurry. Just need to give time for God's Holy Spirit to work. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't go into specific detail. It didn't have to because the Holy Spirit's dealing with hearts. I know we're going a little bit longer than you normally do today. It's okay. It's all right. Anybody else? Last call. That's what I want you to do. I want somebody, I want you to move quick, okay? I want somebody standing behind every one of these right now. Can you move right now, please? Just jump out. Come stand behind them right now. Go, 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 go. Worship team is going to play through a song. I'm going to go through. I wish I had time to pray at length with each one of these, but it's okay because they're going to have somebody behind them praying. Come on, we need more people. If you'll help me out, please. I need at least one person behind each one of these people today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just move quickly, please. Sam, with you. I'm with you. I'm praying for you. Believing with you. Now, will you stand with me across this auditorium right now? Let's just make this a place of prayer. Pray for those that have come forward. Pray that God will birth vision in their heart. Reach a hand forward if you're not standing up here as the worship team leads us today. And let's be yielded to God today so He can do amazing things through our lives. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so. goodness of God.
Of her. 
I love that God is not done with any of us. Not one. I love that he has a plan for each and every one of us. Sometimes you don't see it and you're in the middle of it and you're, you have no idea what he's doing, but he's working. He's working. Nothing ever, he never changes. He's always working. Always working. And I love that he takes our mistakes and turns them into beautiful, beautiful things. It's what he does. It's what he does. I want to I close this time in prayer. You're welcome to continue to seek the Lord because that's what this church is about. It's about you. Uh, we equip you for works of service. And this is what God does. He works in each of us and then lays out a plan and he does amazing things. It's what he does. Some of you have been here for a long time and seen his, his hand. Some of you, it's new. You're thinking, I don't even know what's next. Well, you know what? He, he does. And you can trust him in that. You can trust him for that. I want to pray over us. Uh, I want to pray over this church and where God is taking it in the future. I want to pray that God would do amazing, amazing things. Join me in this prayer. Father, we are so grateful. We're grateful for every, every person who has gone before us that is part of this body of Christ, this Crown Point Church. We're grateful for every leader, everybody who's, who's been part of everything that has happened, not only here, but in every other location. God, we're grateful for the fact that you take each and every one of us and you have a plan for us before we were even born. That God, no matter what, where we came from or, or whatever family we grew up in or whatever place we were, that you have plans for us that you've given us gifts and you've given us abilities and you've given us things that you want to take and put into action to expand your kingdom. God, I'm thankful that, that there was somebody who told us about you and now that we get to be part of that cycle and we can tell somebody else. Father, I'm glad that you take our lives, whatever we've done with them, and then you rebuild them into beautiful, beautiful things that, that, are, that tell a story of how creative you are, and now you're the God of forgiveness and restoration. And I ask, Father, that now you would take this church and continue to spread your word through everybody who is this church into places that we could never even imagine. God, we ask you for that and we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can you give him thanks this morning? Can you thank Pastor Don? We're going to roll that footage. You're welcome to watch it in here in the lobby. It'll be in the lobby too. Can you just greet some people? Tell them, maybe some people that are new or you, you haven't even seen them. Just say, hey, how long have you been part of Crown Point Church? Amen.